Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Hyundai Drive Day Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. A Hyundai Drive Day Special? What, you just drove special Hyundais? Or it was a day yes. of driving specials? Or what? Um, yeah, a bit of... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes to all of that, I think. A day of driving a number of different Hyundai. There's, there's a whole load of cars that they've sort of launched or updated over the last little while and of course it's not really been possible to have separate launch events for them so they sort of did a whole like look everyone just just drive all these cars would you <laughs> type day which was very pleasant good okay mm. so many cars were driven and the aim of the game here today is to just zip through some of them some of them i've actually talked about before mm -hmm. as part of other other tests and other special editions about different cars and this is just a sort of way of okay i've driven them and then to, to sort of give a little bit of a summary so we're just gonna just gonna nip through stuff relatively quickly we've still got one two three four five cars to go through so we're still going to waffle for long enough but we're going to try and just just keep it relatively brief especially if some of them are related okay anyway well, where do you want to start then? I say we start with the Tucson Fev Ultimate. Okay. Now, uh, keen listeners will know that we have done a review of new Tucsons, mm -hmm. but they were not Fevs. No, they were just uh, they just? Were just hybrids. <laughs> just hybrids. I look yes, forward they were to the phone call tomorrow. <laughs> I know for which which one which which company. <laughs> so so yes, no, they were they were hybrids and they were two wheel drive. Mm -hmm. And what I drove this time was the plug-in hybrid. So the plug-in hybrid, of course, gives you a much bigger battery. So it's a 13.8 kilowatt hour battery. And that will give you 56 kilometers of electric only range. Nice. 56 kilometers being uh, uh, four, 50 miles? No, 40 miles. 40 something miles. Um, Calling people would have done the maths before they started recording. Or just not mention miles. Or just not mention miles. Just don't look at the number and then go, oh, drat, I left that in kilometers. But the combined electric motor and the 1.6 litre petrol engine gives 265 metric horsepowers, mm. which is a useful extra kick compared to the straight up hybrid. Yeah. When I was driving it, I managed to get over some miles, over about 12 miles. So the outleg of the lap I did. I got 313 miles per gallon, but that was mostly downhill and a little bit of gamification in there. By the time I got back, we were still in the high 60s, low 70s. Okay. Um, after 20 odd miles of mixed driving. And of course, I had to drive back up the hill that I drove down. Right. So that sounds like a realistic indication of what mm -hmm. the miles per gallon will be. Okay. Yeah. Now, I was uh, pretty much... Uh, I managed to time it so I was the first of the day to drive the car. Okay. So I started off with a full battery. Right. Uh, it was fully charged. So I got or almost fully charged. I got a good stab at the EV only part, which of course makes it a bit more like real life, really. Yeah. Uh, if you can charge from home, then the idea being that your plug-in battery is always pretty much full. So you get that, that 30 odd miles straight off. Yep. Being 265, that must have felt different from the previous yes there was a bit more kick there obviously i was at the same time playing captain featherfoot <laughs> so not really exploring that but whenever i nailed it coming back up back up the hill on the way back there was some useful oomph okay 
open flare and of course it's that um six or eight speed gearbox it's not a cvt in there as well so it was through that no mooing no crazy noises like you said you'd had with the with the hybrid because obviously i was alert for it this time around Mm -hmm. other thing about this is it's all-wheel drive not front-wheel drive like the hybrids we drove before so you also get a number of different modes for your off-roady lifestyle-iness as well okay bits and pieces so uh, an interesting upgrade a bit more expensive as well the premium version is just over thirty-nine thousand. ultimate spec is about forty-two thousand. but you've got all the toys yeah yeah you've you've got all the all the toys uh, that we listed before plus a couple more to be perfectly honest cool well that was a nice start to the day then yeah it was good place to begin uh, and, and sort of scope out the surroundings Next up, should we talk about the i20N line whilst we're sort of talking about vehicles we've driven relatively recently mm-hmm. and and have done full reviews on? By the way, there will be links in the show notes to anything that we've done recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. people can listen to our, our full uh, reviews about that yeah. sort of stuff. So. Tucson and i20, yep. really. Uh, yeah, next up is the i20. Let's start off with the i20 N line. Mm-hmm. As again, regular listeners, people who pay attention to these things will be aware, N line is Hyundai's warm lineup. Cars get generally get a little bit more power. So, for example, the i10 N line that I had before had a 120 brake instead of the sort of 80 brake that was standard, 80 something brake that's standard on on one point. 1.2 pardon me normal versions sorry trying to remember all these specs just <laughs> i'm a nerd but i'm not that bad and similarly with with others we've had the i30 fastback in line before as well um and again that that a bit of a bit of a suspension tweak bit of a sportier interior and generally goes quite nicely but no never gonna set the road alight mm-hmm. i20 n line is more of the same so instead of the 100 brake uh, one liter triple i don't know why i'm squinting as i say that because it's i've got i've got the specs here in front of me yes instead instead of the 100 brake one liter uh, mild hybrid triple then this has a 120 brake uh, version which is usefully more that's almost 20 percent more powerful <laughs> Which is is useful, usefully more is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. But the thing that surprised me was that they'd actually gone a little bit further than that. So I was expecting the I was expecting the suspension to be a little bit firm, a little bit sportier, a little bit less body roll. I was expecting the seats to be a bit sportier. I was expecting the red stitching and all these kind of things, and I was expecting a bit more kit, like smart entry uh, and that kind of thing. What I wasn't expecting was for it to be just quite so cheeky. I know that. That sounds silly and it sounds a bit cheesy, but right from when you get in and hooray for smart entry and not having to get in and turn a key. Oh, bless press you. Press the start button. I know it's such a mojo <laughs> whinge, isn't it? Um, the You press it and, it and it starts up and it does a little blip, throttle blip as well. And the exhaust sounds fantastic. It's not particularly loud, but it's there and it's nice. And it's this little two little chromed tips to the back box uh, <laughs> and it just and it was just that that blip which completely unexpected i was just expecting it to to start really and not do anything you know mm. and no it was really nice and, and that sort of theme continued this is one of these little slightly sporty cars it's just like the st line fiesta where it looks the part you would recommend it to people who are interested in cars 
and want something that's a little bit sporty but don't necessarily have the budget or the insurance or anything to go mm. to go for the full fat i20n so yeah this is a really nice nice little car i like i liked what they've done to the i like what they've done to the interior with you know it's got a it's got a different gear knob which has a little red stripe on it which matches the stitching which matches the little highlights around the the sort of grab handly bits on the doors so what you're what i'm getting then from what you're saying is that attention has been paid to some uh, quite a bit of, of the little details and it's all added up mm. it's not just a let's yeah. slash per an N-line badge on and, you know, breathe a little bit on the engine and that'll be fine. Yeah, well, it's not even just slap an N-line badge on, put some nice wheels on it and that's that, and some red stitching and that's that. It's more than that. Oh, that's good to hear. If you've driven a non-N-line and non-N of the latest generation of i20 and you thought it was a bit lacking in the sort of dynamic aspects, then go back and try an N-line because cause it's really... Uh, it, it's really quite a cool car. I do like the grill. Yeah, yeah, really, it's a bit that's of a, a change. nice touch. That there's lots of stuff which has just been changed a little bit, and as you say, it's all added up. It's greater than some of its parts. Mm. Really impressive little thing. Cool, like that. Like that a lot. Mm, nice. That must have been a nice surprise. Yes. Oh, I didn't mention it's got a body kit. It's not exactly the same as the the i20n. It's missing uh, some of the more overt parts of it, but it's got a little bit more more body kit to it. Mm-hmm. than standard and we talked before about how essentially the body kit was built in you know with a little a little lip and stuff on the, on the front of the standard then gone and sort of emphasized that a bit more for the n-line okay nice wee thing a real a really pleasant surprise that one good would well, you want to take us to its more fire-breathing relative <laughs> yes there's there's a reason we're doing stuff in this order <laughs> i'm trying to tell a story would you believe not only that, in fact, I drove this before I drove the N-Line, is the I-20N. Oh, hang on. So you drove you drove the, the top uh, of the we're, range. We're and not necessarily, we're, we're telling the story No, no, no that's here. fine. But you were still pleasantly surprised by the N-Line, yeah. even after driving this. So that is very yes. that is very much high praise indeed. Yeah, yeah. So N-Line, significant jumps, by the way. We're talking a second to go about 120 brake horsepower, mild hybrid. Here we're jumping up to a 204 brake horsepower, non-hybrid. It is pure ice. Uh, Six-speed manual again. Quite a bit more kick in there. So the i20N, obviously you can get it in performance blue. I think I've got the name right. The pale blue that you can get the i30N in. Yep. It's got more more everything it's got more it's got more body kit for a start so you end up with a a little extra spoiler sitting atop the tailgate which is kind of cool and kind of cute in a not quite max power way it's sort of if it was much bigger it would be a bit max power but as it is it it isn't it's like a sort of cute little trolley handle up on the top there you get a bit more red Mm -hmm. red slashes and stuff on the back You'd get a different exhaust pipe as well. So it, it is, it, they are much larger exhaust pipe. Obviously, far more air is being moved through the 1.6 litre engine than the little one litre mild hybrid uses. To keep all that power on the road, then right at the road surface, you start off with Pirelli P0 tyres. So that's a pretty serious point of contact with the road. Yeah. Uh, they're on 18 inch wheels uh, instead of the 17s of the N line. Definitely fill the arches. Uh, they really do. Yes. Yes. Um, and they're again, Hyundai's wheel game is strong right now, and it's incredibly strong on the on the i20n because they really do look the part. They're without being overly fussy, mm. but I like it. It's got a little turn up 
bits and, and sort of red uh, accents across the body kit. It's, of course, got red uh, brake calipers. And especially along with Performance Blue, it looks particularly smart. And then there's an N badge on the grill. The grill, again, different design from the N-Line one, a different design from the from the cooking models as as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off with the tyres, sorry. Moving up from there, then we've got a mechanical limited slip diff in there as well to make sure that the power does go to the the road and you're not going to start off with a one-tyre fire every time you're you're trying to leave the trying to leave the 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 traffic lights inside actually quite similar to the end line in a lot of ways apart from the fact that where there are red accents in there then there's performance blue accents in the i20n do you know if they change with different colors because it looks like it matches the exterior color no the performance blue stays throughout the thing that changes is the red accents on the body kit change to silver if you have a red car Okay. Otherwise, they're red with the black and the blue, and I've forgotten what other colours are available. No problem. No problem. Inside, though, steering wheel is smaller and chunkier. You have an extra, there's a red button on it, which you think is going to be for starting. It isn't. It's for turning the rev match on and off. And there are two end mode buttons, uh, which you can use to change between different modes and different settings for various things, such as the steering wheel. I didn't have a huge amount of time with it. I wasn't able to experiment in the way that I would on roads I know, and if I had it for a week. So my apologies for not being a fan of all the knowledge of all that of all that does. You were not a driving god on the uh, yeah, on well, the exactly. Press I'm day. not a driving god. Uh, no, no, <laughs> it's don't crash the press car. It's the old one. But as you change through the different modes, though, you can also change the dashboard which is a a tft screen uh then will change as well okay when you are in 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 mode is it i think it's mode yeah yeah then whenever you uh, yeah sorry uh in custom mode there we go Uh, which is one of the five drive modes in the grin control system i'm not making this up i promise (laughs) yeah uh there we go huh then the dashboard changes so there is actually one where it will show you like it goes like a race car everyone it shows your gear in the middle it shows your revs around the outside it shows a digital speed readout which is smaller than your gear is smaller than the boost gauge the torque gauge the engine temperature in numbers and the oil temperature gauges as well which is a lot of fun it's really quite cool actually (laughs) or you can just have two dials and just poodle around normally the other thing about the grin control system is that it's linked to the sat-nav. <laughs> You're going to go nuts. <laughs> it's linked to the sat-nav, and whenever it knows there's a wiggly bit of road coming up, it actually, it tells you and says, why not put it into sporty modes <laughs> so that you can enjoy the corners? Um, why not lose your license mode? <laughs> it's just just absolutely silly, totally unnecessary, but it does make you snigger every time it does it. But shows... It has been developed oh, yeah. somewhere in there, which we know this anyway, but somewhere in the whole scheme of things by people who really enjoy driving. Well, yes, it's Beerman developed as well, mm. of course. So, you know. There's another fun link to put in the show notes, Andrew. Yeah. Chat with Beerman. Not as adaptable overall as the i30N. Uh, I30N, of course, you can change the dampers and move them from being non-existent to oh, slightly comfortable um in this there is a sort of more general 
uh, it seems more general uh, as a damper setting, but don't really take my word for it because I drive a car which is just like a board <laughs> as my daily. And in all seriousness, this is the most similar car to my Yaris GRMN that I have driven so far. This is far more similar than the GR Yaris, for example. Oh, wow. Okay. It is a heavily fettled hatchback rather than a custom model meant to just be ultimately quick. Mm. But lots and lots and lots to like in this. I have no idea what I missed out. Have I missed anything? It just just a a nice thing. Is it is it comfortable to sit in? Because I know that yes. was an issue with the i thirty was trying to find the most comfortable setting you could for it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 fine for that. I mean, it's still it's going to be firmer because it's a sports car. But it's still a B segment hot hatch. Yeah, you know, but it is not as firm as my own car, which is quite ridiculously firm but it's but it is it is firmer than the n-line for example okay Mm -hmm. Uh, i love rave matching by the way i'm just going to say that as somebody who's not a driving god and who's never managed to successfully heel toe in their life that kind of stuff is is cool and it just doesn't necessarily make you go any quicker but it makes you feel feel like a little bit of a hero and to be honest feeling like a little bit of a hero in your car at uh, at legal speeds is is not exactly a bad thing at all no, nope. lots of other bits and pieces in that. Other people have covered it in more, more depth and with more knowledge. But I really, really liked it, and that's all you need to know. No, we will be getting one to test at some point. We know that mm-hmm. for a fact. So, yes, a more in-depth coverage of to, that will come to, in due time. Now, now that we have now that we have um, cleared our backlog of special yes. editions and reviews, then then we feel okay about going out and asking for more press cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you do wonder why sometimes there's a gap, it's because, oops, we're still catching up on the last batch and, and we don't want to end up with too much of a backlog. No, exactly. What are you going to take us to next then? Ooh, yes, taking us to next is the Kona inline. Okay. Uh, that's what's next. So this one was in, I can ref- never remember the name of the name of the red because it always changes. I think it is very engine red. red. It's very red. So this one was extremely red. That's not a bad thing either, by the way. I don't. I, I think it suits. No, it. no, it's great. So I like the the Kona, and this is of course the facelift. It's had its its uh, mid thingy revision, whatever the pretentious PR name is for it. But it's essentially the facelift midlife. Yes, isn't it? It was it was used by another PR to me recently, and I now can't remember the exact term. But anyway, the Kona's had a bit of a revision. That is the CSUV from from hyundai uh, i'd only ever driven the kona electric oh, okay which i loved by mm-hmm. the way yeah. it's like the alan you must go buy an electric car okay i'll have one of them please um without without much more thought uh, although we, we may change that in a, in a few minutes and so i'd only ever driven the electric one and never the never any of the internal combustion or, or hybrid hybrid versions uh, this one here is mild hybrid it's the n uh, have i said it's the n line possibly mm-hmm. have uh, it's exactly the same powertrain as in the i20n same output same everything oh, okay when i say you start it and it goes Bleh! then that was really bad uh then <laughs> that's exactly what what happens here as well it is just a little bit bigger you sit a little bit higher this was towards the end of the day when I'd started to get a grip on where the roads went and stuff and mm-hmm. where the interesting ones were. So I was able to have a bit more bit more fun with this. Exactly the same recipe as the I-20N compared to the I-20. So you've got the gear knob, the shift gator, the 
steering wheel, the seats all have funky red stitching or red highlights uh, and all that kind of thing. So it makes it that little bit more sporty inside. It's got a twin exhaust at the rear. It's got nice alloys. Again, yeah, 18 inch in this case, so a little bit bigger. It's something that if people don't find the i20 quite big enough, then maybe suggest the Kona mm-hmm. uh, along those lines. So you, you've still got some drive modes. You've still got, uh, which, you know, for eco and all the usual. But no, nice, easy driving, compact SUV. You just, just hatch, but you sit a bit higher, really. Okay. I've heard, I've heard good things about these. So Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's enough space in it as well. It it's a perfectly decent family car with a little bit of of the ability to see out of it mm. as well. So so yeah, there, there's no no real negatives to it at all. Cool. Uh, engine red, by the way, is of course um, color tax free. Right on a Hyundai, no problem. So uh, what's next? Well, now uh, let's round off with something completely different: <laughs> the Ionic Five. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, then, what is an Ionic 5? So an Ionic 5 is the is Hyundai's car based on their, their new dedicated electric platform. When I say Hyundai's car, it's because its platform buddy is the Kia EV6. Similarly, their first car on a dedicated uh, EV platform. Up to this point, the EVs from both companies have been based on the same platform as most of their other cars. So even something like the Ionic Electric that we took uh, around the UK, again, the Ionic available in plug-in hybrid and and full hybrid as well. Okay. So again, shared shared platform. Uh, this means that what uh, Hyundai's been able to do is, of course, do the whole battery skateboard type setup rather than and have a large, thin battery underneath the passenger cabin from pretty much front to pretty much rear, rather than having to squeeze bits of battery pack into places that are really intended for petrol tanks and the like. Mm-hmm. Okay. What this what this means is it's actually quite a large car, by the way. It's, it's obviously going to be one of those global cars, so so sold everywhere. So it's it's quite big. It looks like a scaled up modern Lancia Delta. Mm-hmm. is a sort of car nerd description of it <laughs> with a certain amount of of sort of retro mod things so like the the headlamps are set really quite far back under the under the front bonnet lip um, behind transparent casings and then there, there, there's these sort of square outlines at the back the strip the really graphic strip across the back just under the rear window and it's all sort of pixelated sort of 8-bit 16-bit styly with sort of different pixels that light up for different sets of lights uh, in different colors as well. It's really funky. It looks like a concept car. You know, that the handles are flush until you approach the car and then the, they, they pop out and you can you can use them then. The Just everything like that. The wheels are very large. I mean, they're 20-inch alloys on there, uh, which help give the whole car the same scale. Mm. You know, it doesn't look like bits of it are big. It, it doesn't look as big in pictures as it is in real life, but then it doesn't look ridiculously big either until you see it beside another car. Yeah, because it's I've, like a normal car that's been scaled up a bit. Yeah, I've seen I've seen more pictures of this in in the wild now. Um, the marketing initial pictures were very clever because there was the car, and then 
a background of which you could not tell scale from. Mm. And it was only well, when I've you, done a little bit of when that you had, had well. a bit of a We're dive into the stats, you went, ooh, those dimensions are quite large when this yes. looks like it's a little car. And, but it all makes it's sense not. why it is the size it is, uh, yeah. you know, with the range and everything else and the, the amount of batteries for that, etc. Mm. But I think it it handles the size incredibly well with the design. Yeah, it's got a really big range that I didn't make a note of. Well done, Alan. But it's well over 200 miles yeah. and probably over 300, I think, if you go for the top spec. It depends what you choose, whether you want all-wheel drive or two-wheel drive uh, and the size of battery uh, that comes along with it. But the wheelbase is longer than a long wheelbase Range Rover. Okay. That's actually how big it is. But, of course, then there's very little overhang at either end. So the wheelbase is really long. What that means is that inside, it's massive. <laughs> Because you've got no wheel intrusion at all. Yeah. You've got no wheel intrusion. It's quite a wide thing, which was fun, driving left-hand drive on country roads in sort of southern Oxfordshire-type way. <laughs> and and the whole interior is all about spaciousness. It's not about sportiness at all. It's like driving your living room. And I mean, the, the last car that I was in, that I drove, that was as much like driving your living room and meant to be a comfortable place to relax, as opposed to, we're going to drive this car, like the i20N, for example, <laughs> was the original Mark I Toyota Prius. Okay. That sort of chilled out, all beige, sort of, look at this, look, there's some fun stuff that was, you know, impressive in the year 2000. And so 21 years later... This is this is the next car that feels like that. Everything is uh, certainly in this was the equivalent of an ultimate. It wasn't quite UK spec, but in this one with its light coloured interior and its glass roof and everything, it was just all about lightness and and space. Mm. Uh, again, had someone come along and says, "Yeah, well, this is a new concept car, looking at uh, bringing the outside into the vehicle and causing a place of." calm uh for people who are commuting or being driven around then you would go all oh, right then okay it's a bit pretentious but okay but no this is a production car that that, that does that does feel like that so i mean I, it's tradition for traditional for us to start at the back of test cars in the back seat it's it's like sitting in a seven series or something wow there's there's a lot of leg room there is no shortage of leg room there Oh, that's cool. Obviously, ultimate edition. Outer seats are heated in the back. Middle seat isn't, but there's there's no in, there's no floor level intrusions. Yeah, uh, in there at all. There is no obviously there's no transmission tunnel because there's no transmission running from the front to the back of the car. Nor is there in any vehicle. Uh, and of course, that battery adds rigidity and stiffness down low as well as a low center of balance. Meaning, you know, it's quite soft. It, the, that long wheelbase those big wheels they all work together to, to sort of smooth out bumps on the road and then you don't have to have stiff suspension because all the weight's down low so it, it doesn't it doesn't roll that much sorry i've talked about the back seat space and dynamics in the same sort of long rambly sentence but it really but it, it sort of all works together when you're in it mm. and i'm holding off from talking about the front so the front in this one both sides it had these these front seats which which recline yay reclining front seats isn't that a novelty but they recline right back and there's a little sort of uh calf support bit that pops up as well to support so that you can 
sit and chill out. If you're in the front passenger seat, you need to snooze. That's fine. If you're sitting waiting at a charge port, that's fine. You can sit and chill in the car because let's face it, it's a darn sight nicer place to be than inside most motorway service stations <laughs> here in the UK. I'd much rather sit in here. Yes. Not that you'd need to wait particularly long, to be honest, because it is it is one of the, the car. It has all the sort of latest ultra charging speeds available to it. So you can sort of ionity the little socks off it or any of the other uh, extremely rapid charges uh, mm-hmm. that you need, which which make driving an EV almost as expensive as driving a petrol car really should you need to do that on long journeys or be in a position where you don't charge at home there we go i think that's enough caveats isn't it yeah i think i should do for now yeah cool so in the front there's that uh in between the front seats there's a kind of sliding console come there's a there's a, obviously there's a chi charge pad a couple of usb ports a couple of cup holders so you know you can just plug it in run into starbucks come back and then enjoy the solitude on your own of course it being a hyundai you can enjoy the solitude to the accompaniment of a parisian pavement cafe well what the rainforest why why would you do anything otherwise than that yeah exactly to be honest still better than being inside the services exactly Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, what else what else did i like the pedals were really cool they were sort of really fun they were um aluminium finished and a really funky sort of stop and go pattern on them just nice i don't know i just thought they were really cute they were just nice that basically it didn't when you went below eye level it wasn't as if it went all normal cari in there again someone's spent time thinking about a little detail oh like, yeah and it's a little moment of joy's perhaps not the the right word but you know what i mean it's it's, it's a mm-hmm. little moment of ah. Oh, that's nice. Someone's paid attention and tried to do that. No, it's not just that. It's not in the pictures either. It's the way that the trim is done on the door, and it's as if it's got little inset pieces. It's, it's this kind of vellum style. Okay. It looks like vellum. It doesn't feel like vellum. So vellum is a sort of drawing parchment type stuff. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, it's made from some kind of skin and then scraped very thin, but that's not what it is anymore. And then there's these little bits and this little design kind of drawn on it, and it's on the door panels, and it's just really nice. It's one of those little tiny detail things that you would expect in a Lexus, mm. for example. In fact, it's in one of the sort of very top-end Lexuses. So what you're saying is it's quite a premium touch. Oh, yeah. the whole th- This whole car feels premium, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know some people look at it and go, oh, it's all screens, like two screens in the front and that. And that's that's fine. And to be honest, they're they're nice. They're a bit, the driver's one's a bit fussy. But, you know, the thing is that you don't even notice that because actually you're looking at the massive head-up display, which is on the massive windscreen, <laughs> which works really, really nicely. So the standard controls aren't, aren't that, they aren't that important. I can't believe I'm saying that. But they aren't, because you're given a more than good enough alternative uh, to mm-hmm. that. Again, the nav, all that stuff, and everything matches. So it's all got a white surround, and then the, the screens and the graphics are all in the white background. And, and it's just, the whole effect is calming. I know this all sounds very silly and very cheesy, but the whole effect is is one of, of a place to be calm. So much driving, particularly in the UK, is an absolute, and I'll be polite here, chore. Oh, yeah. And is is stressful, and you are not coming out of a drive relaxed at the end of it. So, no. if the environment you're sitting in can be more serene, more calming, more more relaxing, and 
you know, just more comfortable as a consequence, then that is not a bad thing. And remember, it's an EV, so there's no vibration or anything. It's yeah. silent. Absolutely silent. So you can listen to your pavement cafe in, in, in pure solitude, uh, which is really nice. What else before we over over egg this pudding? Oh, the other one is V2L. It's one of the other funky things it can do. So uh, you've got that, that, large, uh, that large battery. In this case, it's a 73 kilowatt hour one. Remember the FEV we were talking about earlier on was 15. 73 kilowatt hour battery, and you can use most of that to to actually power something else. Okay. So if you had a power cut, for example, you could plug in the adapter into the charge port uh, and then plug an extension cable into the end of it and run your freezer and your heater or whatever uh, off of that should you have no other power. You can even charge another EV with it. All right, wow. At 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 pace Ooh. Uh, as well i think it was type two level levels so i think it was up to twin i can't remember the numbers now i'm sorry but it was actually the ability to to charge uh, at a decent rate lots of clever stuff impressive mm-hmm. yeah it r- really was both in t- terms of of scale and and everything it was just impressive i've had a we sit in the ev6 i know that's what we're not really what we're meant to be talking about this time but it is platform buddy very different feel to it oh, okay no less premium but far more sporty all right very much you sit you feel like you're sitting much lower you're more reclined it's more cockpit like when you're in it um so interesting contrast between the two of them i'm sure one of the big mags will we'll have a back-to-back compare uh, at some point the ev6 not actually launched yet uh, whereas you can actually get the ionic 5 mm-hmm. and i think that's about it to be honest oh, it seems quite a full day to be fair <laughs> yeah 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 it was and it was still time to drink orange juice no uh it, it was it was one of those days where where there was so much to do and to see and to, to try and drive that it was yeah fitted a lot in i actually sat out one of the drive slots people are like why are you doing that it's like well i have to to drive my bookings end up going over lunchtime so i got the right cars that i wanted because i know that otherwise you just go off and you do a you do an smmt day and you you just drive too much stuff and you end up full Mm. um so yes i even at that point i rationed myself a little bit which sounds silly but i just you can tip yourself over the edge that sounds really melodramatic as well sorry (laughs) <laughs> but that, that's how I feel about these things. Whenever you, you, whenever you do it, yes, you you can. There is a point in which quantity overrides. No matter how much nice tea, nice coffee, and uh, Korean food you're being fed, at and no matter time. how nice the cars are, it just gets yeah, to a point yeah. that it 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 is too much. Mm-hmm. So which, I didn't get. Chance, again, I didn't like you get said, a chance to try the bank, but it's true. It does. It does. It sounds like such a, as I say, mojo whinge. Yeah. I think that's about it. Okay. Anything you think I've missed? What was your most surprisingly stroke delightful thing of the day then? Oh, that's really hard. Could you not ask me something easier? No. I don't know. I went in with expectation. I think the most surprising was the I-20N line. Okay. For just being a better warm hatch than I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. i20n i knew it was going to be fab i knew i was going to like it because it was just like everything in an allen recipe really <laughs> yes 
yeah, everything in the Allen recipe and the Ionic 5 I thought was going to be cool, and it was. It was actually cooler than I was expecting as well. It was just nicer. There you go. You come for the come for the nerdery, stay for the in-depth insights. It's okay. We'll let Hyundai run with that. Mushroom Podcast said, it's nicer than we expected. <laughs> need it for a week to make sure I know just how nice it is. Okay. All right. Definitely soon because I've got no fuel in the cars. Uh, anyway, folks, before this goes on any longer, don't forget that between now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a, a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if somehow people feel that there is more to glean from you about Hyundai's and driving days, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you personally? Best way is via Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.